Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Vel Beer Show. Today with me, I got Eric Hild, the lead brewer over at Toppling Goliath. Eric, what's up, man? Not too much. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How was it today out in Iowa? Uh, it's cold. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, well, you're like in Michigan, and so, I don't know, it's getting down to be those frigid temperatures. But other than that, a uh, pretty easy brew day for us. So, uh, nothing too crazy. Nice. What did you guys have brewing? Uh, just a uh, 200 barrels of Pompeii for us today. Just so, a casual a... casual 200 bar- <laughs> barrels of Pompeii, which yeah. is a great beer, by the way. I'm a, I'm a big fan uh, of Pompeii. It. Yes. If you haven't tried it out there listening, go try it. Uh, I can find it on, on my shelves here in, in Grand Rapids, which is nice. Uh, it's nice that you guys uh, are, are able to... Uh, to, to come to Michigan now. That was sweet. We we went down to the Panhandle of Florida uh, last fall, and um, that's really you know the first time where I was able to dive into your guys' beer and have access to it. And uh, you know the pseudo Sioux with the Galaxy that was that was awesome. Galaxy is one of my favorite hops, and to have the pseudo Sioux with the Galaxy was sweet. Oh, same here. I say when we do our uh, Sioux variations, which actually haven't done in a little bit, uh, I say the Galaxy is always my personal favorite as well. It's a good hop. It's a, it's a, it's a real good. It's hard to go wrong with it. But right now, I'm drinking actually a Witch's Broom uh, from Toppling Goliath. You can see the nice little can here. Oh, yeah. like I had, did I have kind of a, a little bit of a Halloween play for you guys? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, say, uh, we're just kind of coming up with like ideas for names. Uh, say, we've been releasing actually quite a few different uh, IPAs as of late. Uh, so we got our hands on some really just like great hops of different varieties. And we wanted to just try them in different beers and say... Witch's Brew was already kind of taken, and so this is, we went with uh, Witch's Broom, and uh, so we got some really nice cashmere hops with it, as well as some Idaho 7, and like we should talk about earlier, Galaxy, and we're always good with Citra as well, and so we just kind of threw them in to see what we could do with them, and made a really solid beer, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it is really good. And uh, cashmere, do you guys use, do you uh, do you hop it in a particular ratio, or do you just go like a one-to-one-to-one-to-one? Um, say we do some small batch, uh, like pilot batches beforehand, especially when we get some new allotments in or if there's like some new like hype like hype pops coming in sometimes the uh hopsters will send us some samples that we'll like to use uh, but from there we'll kind of bounce back and forth between like a handful of us to see like what kind of ratios we've used in the past and then uh see if those kind of work for what we were trying to do nice yeah as you know cashmere is one of those hops you know that i keep hearing more and more about from brewers as kind of a dark horse hop that they really enjoy working with yeah, it's it's super nice. I mean, like a lot of hops nowadays, it's I mean, you get a lot of those tropical flavors. But it's say you don't really need to use a, like a lot of it when you're using it. I mean, because it's a pretty potent hop itself. But it's uh, it just really helps complement all the other like flavors that kind of the other all the other hops bring. Yes, and for everybody listening, there's no notes of your uh, grandpa's sweater in it. It is completely different. There's my there's my dad joke for the for the podcast. What are you uh, sipping on over there? Uh, I'm doing the same thing. I have a, a witch's brew myself, and then uh, a little Lacroix as well. Awesome. <laughs> Chase it with some Lacroix. No, I know. Chase the Lacroix with some witch's broom. That's <laughs> probably more like it. So, how many years uh, have you been with uh, Toppling Goliath? Uh, I have been Toppling uh, four years. I uh, started back in September of 2017. Okay, nice. And uh, you, what's you know one of the biggest things that you've seen change in that four-year span? Uh, actually, quite a bit. Um, so actually, my like origins with Tom and Goliath started back when I was in college. So I went to school at Luther College in Decorah, where TG's located. And um, they started, I mean, they, I guess a little history on Tom and Goliath. They opened their doors in 2009, which is, was my freshman year. So um, I've pretty much been from the inception of, or at least been around Tom and Goliath from its inception to where it is now. So it's been at least cool to see the development from the 
old tap room of where it was at to where we're at nowadays, uh, which is maybe about like an hour, like a mile or so outside of Decorah. But when I started, we were still on our 30 barrel brew house at our old facility. And um, I was like right at the turning page of when we were transitioning from the 30 barrel brew house to our 100 barrel brew house. Uh, so it just in that short span right there in that few months was already a massive change. Uh, so it was very cool to be at least a part of that like growth in the company. Yeah. And, you know, has it, you know, made things even, you know, crazier being scale scaling up like that, or has it made things easier in a way, because now you're able to, you know, increase production and, and get out the amount of beer that you want to get out. Um, it's, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's actually easier, uh, I guess, comparatively to the old way of brewing to now it is, uh, everything's a little bit more automated, everything's more computer and we're also very spreadsheet more oriented, but, uh, it does certainly offer its own setbacks and, uh, issues that we've had to work through as well. Uh, just new machinery. And now that we're three, almost four years into actually the new brew house, when it comes to just like general maintenance, other issues and things like that, more things have like arisen at least when it comes to challenges that we have to like overcome or things we didn't have the foresight on from beforehand. So it's certainly been a, uh, a learning experience uh, day in and day out. Nice. Did it open up any leeway for you guys to, uh, you know, increase your portfolio, you know, kind of have the, the, the nuts and bolts beer still there, but do more one-offs or do you guys always try to kind of keep that uh, ratio locked in? Uh, it's different. It depends. Um, I mean, of course, we still have our core brands. So Sudasu, Pompeii, King Sue, a lot of the staples that a lot of people love. And uh, we're also just bringing back Golden Nugget, which is one of our old flagships, uh, since we're doing mixed packs with that. So, I mean, we're also still reading the room, at least when it comes to what the, like, the market as well wants. So we've also just released uh, a mixed pack of four different flavored seltzers as well, which are fantastic, in my opinion. Not biased, but I mean, I actually do genuinely think they're some of the best like on the market. We also, I mean, what, what, what's, are... what's making them the best seltzers? I gotta ask. <laughs> Just flavor. I mean, uh, sometimes with even when it comes to like White Claw or Trulies, you can kind of get that. Like, I don't know, even if you, like, get them warm, they start to, like, just taste, have, like, a weird, like, off taste, off flavor, and they just, I don't know. They're still, I mean, I, I mean, I'll drink them still, but uh, I feel like ours just have a really good, like, punch of, like, because right now we have our flavors are mango, pineapple, watermelon, strawberry, and all of them just have, like, just a great rounded and, like, just a good flavor overall. Like, like the entire way, it's just, like, really enjoyable experience. They're refreshing, they're crisp, it's, they're nice, really nice cells, and I enjoy them a lot. So, basically everything that you're looking for out of a seltzer now i gotta exactly, ask you this do yeah. you ever do you ever mess around and throw a dry hop on a seltzer just to see what you know what happens <laughs> not yet i know we've uh we've been tossing you know, around some ideas to do some like wacky flavors at some point i mean the amount of like random flavors that some of the companies that we use is pretty interesting from time to time so we've uh we tease around the idea of doing some weird flavors maybe for like new like april fools or something like that or even like a barrel aged seltzer at some point it's just in jest but uh I don't know. You never know. You have some weird stuff, but the light's been doing those weird flavors. So there's an audience for it. Yeah. Well, you know, I like that, that harp, that the company Hoplark out of, they're somewhere out of Colorado, maybe Boulder, but they do the dry hop, uh, green tea or dry hop teas and dry hop, uh, oh, right, waters. Yeah. And, dude those are great and it's a really cool way to like see exactly like especially just in you know their you know fizzy water hop water whatever mm -hmm. they do you know they'll just do like strata and just have it all strata in carbonated water in like right. that's you're figuring out exactly you know what that hop does from a, a dry hop standpoint so it, oh, you yeah. know it, like myself <laughs> as a brewer it's cool to be able to you know have that in a solution of water rather than just a solution of beer and then right. you know it's also i'm not 
you know, kicking a, a strata hop beer back at 10 a.m. in the morning when I'm, you know, trying to be productive. It's in it's in a water. So I, I got to imagine there's some there's got to be space for hops and seltzer. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, I think, I mean, seltzer for the most part is still pretty like untapped right now. I mean, sure. I mean, like, like at IPAs and even sours nowadays, everyone's doing the overly fruited stuff and like the pastry stuff. So, I mean, I don't really see seltzer being too far from that for where some of the brewers are going to start throwing lactose in it. And I mean, they already throw the over, like the fr- overly heavy fruited sours nowadays. So, I mean, you already have that. I don't know. I'm sure we'll probably start seeing some weird seltzers in the next year or two. Yes. What's the worst seltzer you've ever had? Oh, man. I think Travis Scott had that like prickly pear one or something like that. That was garbage. I was not good. I had I had some seltzer from Lone Star, and that was really bad. Really, I didn't know they did their own seltzer. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. No no shade at Lone Star, but uh, yeah, it was not a good seltzer. Anyway, segueing from seltzers back to back to my favorite. You, you know, what do you guys do over at Toppling besides hoppy beers? Like, what are you guys proud of that isn't you know something that has an absurd amount of hops in it? Well, I mean, I guess on the like, if one hand is uh, hoppy beers, our our other hand is definitely barrel aged stouts. Um, and we got some other stuff in there as well. I mean, uh, Dorothy's is our uh, flagship lager, uh, but we've also been doing a uh, Bavarian style Pilsner as well, which is fantastic. One of my favorite ones. Yeah. Uh, what is what is that ale. like? If you were to compare that to like a, you know, old school, you know, Bavarian Pilsner out of Germany, oh, what would you compare it to? Oh, man. Probably like Burnhouse. But it's just, I mean, because we were like, when we first started it, like our least our Pilsner project, we were trying to use three different yeast strains. And so we were trying to use a Bavarian or a German or a uh, Czech Pilsner. I prefer the Czech one a little bit. It's a little bit more drier, a little bit more kind of like cracker notes kind of come throughout through it. And there's just like nice crisp and refreshing with just like a little bit of bitterness to always make you want to come back more. But the Bavarian kind of beat everything out. But I mean, it's still one of my favorite go-tos in the taproom. It's just just goes down really easily and it's just great after a long shift yeah but, it's um, uh to go back brewers oh, and lagers man brewers and lagers oh, if, if i've learned one thing from this podcast is brewers love their lagers but anyway <laughs> it's a good it's great um but to go back for your previous question um yeah our, sorry our barrel aged stouts are well and above our like our probably most notable style i guess you could say that we're known for we just had our kbbs release so kentucky brunch brand stout that his we just released that this last weekend that is is or at least has been ranked number one in the world on beer advocate and uh great beer for the last five something years now nice. but we also have assassin which is our normal barrel aged stouts which has been like the top 25 uh we also have other brands that we've done such as like sr71 we've done actually quite a bit because we also have a uh a series of, our, a series of uh, barrel aged stouts uh that we allow to play with called turmoil which allows us to do different variations things like that uh so it allows us to really hone in on our main core brands of barrel aged stouts but also still have fun and kind of mess around with other ingredients as well um, yeah what's the wackiest done... what's the wackiest thing you throw in a stout oh man nothing too crazy but i mean we've done a tequila barrel aged stout that was a ver- like a variation of assassin and that was actually surprisingly like really good i was actually surprised at how well that turned out other than that i mean we've done like a, a monster cookie uh, turmoil so we had like coconut cacao nibs and uh granola in there and that was really nice it had a nice little like honey tinge to it from the granola yeah i know we have a pistachio one in the works so like a like a pistachio eclair in the works uh we've also done a uh like a apple cinnamon strudel one where we literally just like had like these we got from like these apple cinnamon strudel like loaves of bread from a bakery and we just like threw a bunch of them into the uh into our bright tank <laughs> when, you, when like, you say a, for a while. when you say a bunch of them like how many oh man like 
70 plus. Oh, it's a lot of strudels. It was, it was, but it was, it was really good. Like we, I don't remember how long we let them sit on for, but like it really pulled out a lot of like nice, like cinnamon and like apple from it. And it was actually a really solid beer. I liked it a lot. I, I bet it is, dude. I want to, I have a bunch of leftover toffee sitting in our freezer downstairs that my wife made, like she makes toffee like every year around Christmas time. And there was like a batch that didn't turn out because it wasn't breaking the way she wanted it to. She's going to throw it away. And I was like, you know, I just, we'll, we'll throw it in some freezer bags. We'll save it and, you know, I'll brew a stout, toss it in there, see what happens. Still right, haven't yes. done it yet, but you know, I'm waiting to do that. What was it like <laughs> cleaning out that bright tank with all those strudels in there? <laughs> I mean, I don't even think we threw them into like muslin bags or anything like that. So like. I remember uh, so I mostly handle like hot side production and like work production. So it was most of one of the uh, seller guys had to actually handle that, but it was yeah, I mean, it was it was a mess. It, I remember I said it, it took him a few hours to actually get the thing like just emptied of like the bread. Yeah, I can uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> so, it, like, what's what's one thing you know, one like trend that you see craft beer really getting into and embracing right now? I feel like people are starting to like turn back towards loggers. I, maybe just because I'm more on like active on beer Twitter or something like that, and like I just happen to follow other brewers that are also excited about loggers. But I know like. I feel like the like overly fruited beers and like the lactose IPAs, even though while they're still like going strong right now, I feel like people are starting to like wane from that a little bit. And so I feel like people are signing, like starting to go back to like maybe like craft lagers and like more like different styles, like maybe like dark lagers and like that. I feel like people are starting to like go back to at least almost like a reset in a way. Yeah. It seems like it's so cyclical, you know, and then inside those cycles, there's like little, you know, micro cycles where you'll, you know, a a style from hundred years ago will become, you know, popular and kind of relevant again. And there's like, you know, when, when someone listening hears lager, usually you just think of, you know, some really opaque straw colored uh, <laughs> bubbles coming out of a glass and you can see right through it and all that stuff. But uh, dude, there's, there's so much that you can do with lagers. And I mean, you can have some big old beefy box, like you can have a really, really, you know, light and barely anything there. Uh, mm-hmm. Light lager. I mean, it's, it, it covers the spectrum. So it would be, it would be really cool to see a resurgence in, you know, being able to go to your, you know, local brewery and not just have the, you know, token Pilsner or light lager on, but, you know, maybe they got a couple different styles. I'd like to see like some of the English pub styles, you know, start to come yeah, back a little definitely. bit like, like bitter and mild and oh, some yeah. of those, you know, super sessionable, but really full of character beers. Exactly. I mean, I mean, listen, I just like before Thanksgiving, uh, we went over to Microphone Brewery in like Northern Chicago and uh, they had like a dry hopped Pilsner on tap and that was fantastic i think they dry hopped it with like motueka hops so it had a really nice like floral and like it's like bouquet of flowers and like perfume aroma to it and that was that was delicious um but like other like lager or at least traditional style breweries have been like gaining more popularity like dovetail in chicago uh beer stout lager house in colorado so i mean i feel like people are being more drawn to like these like more like traditional style breweries at least as of late so i'm excited for that and uh what they have to offer and And, uh, and i think it's like it's cool too because like you get a little taste of you know geography and a piece of history when you know you're drinking that beer because it's like hey this style originates from germany or hey this is a style that originates from england you know we can't really it's really hard to go to those places right now and and, and, and try that but you know you can go to your your local brewery and you know kind of transport yourself over there via glass and liquid right it's nice um there's actually a brewery in Iowa called Lionbridge in Cedar Rapids. Um, they have an English mile. It's one of their flagships called uh, Compensation. And it's one of my favorite beers. It was one of my favorite beers even before kind of like 
started working at Toppling just because it's just like nice little roasty little caramel and just goes down super easily. It's like it's one at least beer that I always try to have in my fridge personally. It's they do a really good job with it. Yeah, like looking out my window right now, that pairs perfect with the dusting of snow on the ground. But you know, wanting to have something somewhat refreshing still. It's such a paradox when it's cold outside and you think refreshing. Like refreshing is different when it's you know twenty degrees outside versus when it's <laughs> ninety and humid outside. Like those refreshing right. becomes very you know uh, you know subjective at that point. So right. Uh, you know, it does sound really good. And that's one of my favorite parts about being in the Midwest, being in Michigan, is you get all the seasons of beer. Uh, I was in Arizona for four years, and don't get me wrong, great beer out in Arizona. But oh, it's yeah. just, I couldn't, I never found myself like gravitating towards those, like, yeah, you know, warm your, your bones type of beers when you're in the mm-hmm. desert. Like, it just. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same it's not the same you know it's it's not the same so it's 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 nice being able to you know have the full spectrum of 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 beers and have all four seasons here and i like that you guys are in iowa we're not too far away we share the same climate i get kind of mad i get the breweries from you know arizona or like south florida coming on the show and it's you know just beautiful down there when it's (laughs) like oh yeah it's like pretty temperate right now it's like i hate you yeah my fingers are still cold from when i was in the car two hours ago so Way, way to go you you were smart not living here no i'm just kidding we, yeah. i just went over how it's nice to live here but uh, then well it, i mean for 70 percent of the time it's nice yeah and you know what they're probably you know it's grass is always greener so exactly. ch- chalk it up to that so eric man what's one thing that you see going on now in craft beer that like hey you're like i i don't really agree with this like this i don't think that things are heading here just some kind of you know widespread truth that you think is a lie something kind of like that Oh man, it's, there's a lack. There's a lot. I feel I don't know. I could go on for a while. No, nah, dude, just hit, like... hit me with a couple, man. It doesn't have to be any <laughs> like. There's no right and wrong. Right. Here. I don't know. There's a certain things where it's like at least when it comes to like copyright infringement, at least when it comes to like beer can labels and things like that. There's been a lot of breweries, especially like microbreweries lately, that are just like blatantly just rip off intellectual property and things like that it's kind of been a somewhat large talking point in the brewing industry like literally just using pictures of like people like famous like people or just using like we're just gonna use the same name and usually when you get slapped like a cease and desist or something like that it's like we'll just stop making it and it's like well you shouldn't have to get that in the first place i mean that's kind of it's it's hard to regulate was it the 2000 plus breweries there are in the united states now or whatever the number is yeah and yeah and then you look at the 2000 plus breweries and look at all the then individual beers at that brewery and you try to regulate based off all those cans like ooh, that's, that's oh yeah be, and it's it's, that's gonna be it's crazy yeah and then i don't know there's also there's also been the talk about the brewery bubble popping at some point where even though there are 2000 breweries that doesn't mean they're all quality um i know there's some people who are a little bit more outspoken at least on twitter uh than i am at least when it comes to uh like safety and quality of the product you're putting out in uh being at tg we're i mean we're at a large enough facility and have the financing and like equipment to at least put out shelf stable beer uh but like going back to also talking about like the overly fruited cans uh fruit like fructose sucrose and things like that are still fermentable sugars and so when you're adding that stuff into a can along with beer that still has active yeast if you don't actually have a uh pasteurizer uh, you basically have a grenade in a can. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be a the... old faithful when you crack that thing. Watch out! Right, and I mean, there's plenty of beer like breweries who make that kind of style that I I really enjoy and I like those beers. I mean, they hit that like itch when I'm wanting something like that. But 
with these breweries who are being negligent, at least when it comes to the consumer, and then also blaming, putting some of the blame on the consumers because like we put a warning label on your can. It's like, that's not enough. Like it's the responsibility of the producer to make sure you're actually putting a shelf stable product out there that's safe for the consumer to drink and not just relying on just like warning labels. Which leads me to this, like, how do you, because you guys are, are, packing a lot of hop compounds in your hoppy beers mm -hmm. like there's no lack of of you know hot matter in your beers now i'm not saying like hot matter that's not supposed to be there but just like hop oils everything right. like you, you know you pour one of your beers out in a glass man that thing is fragrant it's got a nice haze and yep. you know with that there's got to be some kind of challenge for you know shelf stability within you know having your guys kind of flagship distributed beers be these these big beefy ipas um yeah i mean i i feel like a lot of the conversation is especially with these hobby beers is shelf life um but at least when it comes to shelf stability and things like that and like the shelf life i feel like toppling goliath is some of the best in the market uh even a few months down the road everyone's always looking for fresh 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 like oh i got packages like that day or like the day before and there's, I've had a, like many of our beers, actually most of our beers where three, four months down the road, it still tastes the same as it did when we first packaged it. And I think that at least is, uh, shows at least the quality that we, we always try to strive for our beer. But I know it's mostly because we always try to be careful of oxygen introduction and things like that to where potential beer spoilers can uh, occur in the beer. And so we always try to make double, like always check all our tanks, for like little to no oxygen, make sure they're always clean before every transfer, make sure all our hoses are sanitized properly, uh, just to ensure uh, from grain to glass that the consumer is always going to have the best representation of the like beer we want to create and have in front of them. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's apparent when I drink your guys' beer. So good job doing that. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Nothing is worse than when I, you know, when you drop, you know, 12 bucks on a four packer, you know, more or less. And, you know, it was a couple months old or three months old and you pour it and it's, it's, it's done. You know, it's exactly smells like caramoli cardboard, you know, and it's <laughs> like, that is so yeah. frustrating. And, and that's something we strive for, or at least that, at least I take pride in is the quality that we actually do put in our beers to ensure that uh, everyone can have like the same drinking experience tomorrow or three months down the road. You guys uh, doing any uh, kind of fun beers for uh, the holiday season here? Uh, yeah. So actually, there should be one hitting the market already. It's our uh, Holodots. So it is our Dorothy's Lager. But we also added cranberry uh, juice or puree to it. And then um, as well as a bunch of spices as well, like cinnamon and a few other things like that. But it's it's nice. It's a nice different take on it. Um, I personally really like this, like, this newest batch. Uh, it's just... Uh, it's a little bit of a difference from the from the normal, but I always I'm a big cranberry fan as well. So like that slight tartness, uh, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, and it's not like a holiday beer that's like a big, huge, heavy like gut bomb where it's. Yeah. Like, I find myself like cracking open like one bottle of some <laughs> kind of Christmas ale, and it's oh, like, yeah. okay, I'll have four ounces of this. Can I find three other people to share it with me? And, <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then that scratches that itch, like definitely. Yeah, it sounds almost like a, a, almost a little play from you guys off that. Uh, doesn't like Sierra Mist come out with like a uh, like a cranberry oh, right. Sierra? Yeah, yeah, I haven't had it in forever, but I remember during the holidays they they'd always come out with that you know cranberry. Oh yeah, Sierra Mist. Where is it? No, 
boom, a little play off that for uh, for a holiday seltzer. <laughs> exactly. So I, usually, I think my go-to is always the, uh, was it like 7-Up Cranberry or whatever the red version was. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I've gotten, I've gotten more and more away from soda, but you know, it's crazy when you like go into the gas station and you see like all the different, there's like the Mountain Dew does not sleep on their product development. Like they have, they have like all sorts of new ridiculous flavors all the time. So I remember when it just used to be normal code red, orange, and then Baja blast at Taco Bell. Now it's everything underneath the sun also i heard they're getting into the seltzer game too they partnered with somebody to do a uh a seltzer oh, that's right oh yeah like like a hard seltzer i'm like man you just gotta stop <laughs> yeah these gamers can't take it anymore oh geez yeah <laughs> all right man so eric it's your it's your last night on earth man apocalypse is imminent you you got one beer to drink you can have as many as that beer as you want cannot oh, be from toppling goliath what beer are you drinking yeah, at that point, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to figure out which way I want to go. If I want to just get like blackout drunk, if it's my last day or, <laughs> or if I actually want something nice, I'm saying if I'm probably going to go in the case of, I'll always go with like, uh, I've got to go with like Coors Banquet. I said, it's usually like my go-to at least like domestic, but I mean, you can drink a lot of them and then still get a good kick out of it. Right, right in, right in into eternity on some Coors Banquet, man. I like it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apocalypse be damned. <laughs> Yeah. I got, I, I got my banquet beer. Exactly. Just give me one of those helmets that has like the beer on the side with like a liter of like banquet on the side or something. Yes, a liter. Side. A liter of cola. A liter of banquet. A liter yes. of cola. A liter banquet. Liter o banquet. Awesome, Eric. Where Handling. where can people like follow along with what you guys are doing at Toppling Goliath? Like, what's the what's the best um, way? On social media, I believe on Twitter we are TG Brews. B R E W S. On Instagram, I think it's Toppling Brews now. We got hacked like early or like late last year. And so we had to redo our uh, our account for that. But I believe it's Toppling Brews now. Why hack? Why hack a brewery's Twitter account? I have no idea. I'm, I'm, if anything, I was more disappointed in that the hacker just did use it as like a weird front for like an Instagram ad as opposed to like, I don't know, something a little bit more like adventurous or something. I don't know. But yeah. They didn't, they didn't do anything lazy that's lazy i know i thought it was gonna be like like they're gonna start doing like posting like porn or like i don't know some yeah like, so what, rapid like, rapid like weight loss chinese, or yeah chinese web store or something exactly but no, it was just like instagram ads man couldn't even get any erectile dysfunction uh no. pill shilling going on <laughs> with that that's too bad and then you said uh you're pretty active on beer twitter you said you want to uh you know throw out your uh your your twitter handle here so everyone can yeah. follow along with uh you know um, what you're doing on on twitter yeah see i'm at king of the hild uh h-i-l-d on twitter and instagram i don't i mean i usually use stories on instagram i don't really post like actual like photos and things like that too frequently anymore but it's mostly twitter for the most part also and i then, forgot to mention we also have tiktok which we've been trying nice to, like, getting like, it yeah so hey gotta stay on I that next remember, wave I man the tech is. i know are, are i think guys... trying to push it more now so i guess i should as well uh but i don't remember what the tag is. i think it's probably like toppling brews or something like that on there also are you guys going to follow budweiser and get some land in the metaverse are they actually investing in that they did they said they they put a bunch of money into the metaverse oh, and you. Yeah, they were trying to, someone was sitting there trying to figure out like, why, like, can you have a beer in the metaverse? And they're like, it's just for marketing. No, thank you. And they wanted to, you know, do all the NFT uh, stuff as well. How is beer, how is, how is beer Twitter, by the way? Is beer Twitter, is it, is it a good place? Is it a bad place? Can it be Uh, both? 
could be both. It depends who you follow. I mean, there's a lot of great people in beer Twitter, and I know behind like the veneer of like all like the beer snobs and things like that. Uh, there's a lot of great people like on beer Twitter, like like brewers and things like that who work in the industry that at least I really respect. Um, I think they're great people. Uh, a handful of them I've had some of their beers and they make great beer as well. So I mean, it's it's, it's like anything. If you curate to what you want your social media experience to be, it can be a good experience. Just gotta try to keep some of that negativity down when possible. Fair, fair enough. And then my final question: What is the strangest vessel that you have seen filled with beer? For someone's social media post oh my god there was a lot during the pandemic <laughs> I mean, I everything from like oh man i saw someone doing like milk jugs at some point there were people oh. just doing bags it was almost like the whole like that gasoline <laughs> thing where people were people were just feeling like trash bags like full of like things where there was like just take the beer like just get rid of it i don't know like i don't know why you would do that i feel like that wouldn't be good at all but no but yeah, people were doing like well, the bags were almost like they were treating them like uh like the Capri Sun pouches, where it's like they were able to actually do like like a straw in it and everything. So I think it was like state regulations, at least when it comes to like transportable like beer or at least alcohol. So I think they have actually had like their own special like little vessels for like this almost like Capri Sun type like pouch. It was it was like actually it was a cool idea. But yeah, interesting. It's better than the know, like, better than the grocery store bag idea. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. People are crazy, though. No doubt. They are. That's why we need beer. Times. That's why the world needs beer. You know, you guys are doing it. You're providing that social lubrication society needs. So cheers exactly. to that, man. Thank you for the beer. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Witch's oh, Room was great. Enjoyed, you know, drinking it from start to finish. Like, uh, you know, all the beers that I have from you guys. So I respect the crap out of you guys. I appreciate you coming on, Eric. And uh, I uh, hopefully can stay in touch with you guys and talk to you guys later. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it was fun.